0: As I said, it's Monday evening, and of course, in the company of your favorite community radio station, The Voice of the Cape, uh, 91.3 FM theater in the greater metropolitan area, 95.8 FM in the Pooland, and not forgetting worldwide on the World Wide Web, that's on www.vocfm.co.za. Let me first say salam alaikum to those in... Uh New Zealand and Australia, it's morning there, Leke, And Trust it's a good morning on that side. And then also to the people, because uh, I have to do this, I've been asked by the people in uh, Morocco to acknowledge them also, because they are also listening. Uh, Shahida is the person's name on that side. Shaida, salam Trust uh, it's a good evening on that side. Well, I've done. And to everyone else, wherever you are listening, Dubai, uh, Abu Dhabi, Saudi Arabia, wherever. Salam alaykum. However, I'm here in Cape Town, where it's night. It's just after nine. Cold and wet, like a. Um, like, oh my uh, it is. <laughs> it is time for us to go into our first program for this time of a Monday evening, and that is the night surgery. And I have here in the studio once again. Gives me great pleasure, a privilege to have him with me once again. That's Dr. Salim Parker. Dr. Salim, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum wa
1: rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you and the listeners. And it is also my pleasure and honor to be in the esteemed company of Buta Yusuf Fischer. It reminds me of a young person in between uh, grabbing the microphone. It's on WhatsApp, it's on Facebook. It's, it's amazing what technology does nowadays. Well,
0: well it just shows you that uh, some of us, we like to put up a pretence because it's not as if I know these things. Prime of team, Price. And you've done a good <laughs> job of it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But uh, let me say in all honesty, shukran very much for being here once again, Dr. Salim. It's indeed a it's an honor Thank to have you. Uh, again, I reiterate it's 100. a pleasure. Now um this evening we have Dr. Salim Parker here as a general practitioner. No other caps, no um affiliation, <laughs> nothing is here as a general practitioner as a guest on the program, The Night Surgery. And because we do have the general practitioner, we're talking general medical questions. So you, the listener, take advantage of the gentleman being here. As we know, it's always uh, an honor and a privilege to have these uh, people here with us, be it a lady or a male, that they are giving of their time. So take advantage of it. He's a general practitioner, which means general medical questions from... um, can we call it a cold to an ingrow toenail? Anything that is a man's speciality. He, and if he can't remove the toenail, you send it to someone that will be able to. Uh, we like to sing with the. Um with the
1: masters of none and the uh, the knowers of virtually everything. Well, there you
0: go. So let's take advantage of the masters of none and the knowers of everything because we want to know what you know. Number 021-442-3530. That is the number if you'd like to pose a question directly to Dr. Salim. Otherwise, if you would like to pose a question via SMS. SMS cost one 50, and the way to do it, you send us your SMS to the number 47913. 47913. And, of course, by now you know the drill, as listeners of this program, that there are three things that's very important. <laughs> the age, the gender, and the weight. Those are three of the things that the doctors always want. I see you you inhaling as if you want to say something there. No, the it, the it just makes
1: our life so much easier if we, the uh, the uh, vital statistics, for lack of a better phrase, right. is given to us beforehand. Okay,
0: and that's of course sounding as like somebody that knows yeah. eh? when the man talks about vital statistics, and, and, and we would just say uh, the weight, the odor dome, and the gender. Yeah, we have the professional saying, the vital statistics. Well, we will take it. That, that <laughs> like that. But seriously, now, that's what the, the doctors always like. And then also, uh, very importantly, when you do send us an SMS, because when you're on air, the doctor might be able to ask you questions. When you send us the SMS, try and put as much information in there so right. that the doctor can work with it. Is absolutely, that right? Absolutely. Right? absolutely. Dr. Salim, um, before we go to our SMSs or we go to the line or anything, I'd like to ask you, When we look at what is happening with our weather, our weather condition, it must be playing havoc also with people's uh, uh, medical conditions, because we're looking at some some day, one day it's hot, the next day it's cold, one morning it's hot, the afternoon it's cold, Uh, won't that do something to a person? I'm yeah. talking about heat, hot and cold and that? Well, firstly, it's a good advert for Cape Town. We say you get four seasons in one day. Right, okay. Not okay. even in one
1: week or one uh, month. Yes. You know, so, obviously, but uh, all, all jokes aside now, yes, it, it does uh, cause major problems. You know, the commonest problem we see from a medical perspective is mm. the famous Cape uh, Cape Town Mountain. We have mm. a Cape doctor in summer, when the wind, the Southeaster blows. In winter, it's the other way around. What we're seeing is a sun setting. Now, normally, for example, today, Today was a relatively cold day, but let's Mm. look at yesterday. Mm. Lovely sunny day, temperature went up to 18 degrees. But we on the Cape Flats, as soon as the sun heats the mountain, Mm. the temperature drops from 18 degrees to about 10 degrees within an hour. So just after asr to Maghrib, there's a massive drop in temperature. Mm. And this is important in Cape Town where we know we've got wet, um, moist winters. Right. And what happens is that people who are asthmatic, especially, are, are prone to what we call temperature environmental sensitivities. Okay, So a lot of uh, asthmatic patients, um, they're well during the day, and when the sudden temperature drop comes around, um, their chest tightens up. Mm. So we see much more asthma during winter, much, much more asthma attacks, but much more severe attacks when people are at the the least uh, prepared to uh, you know, to count it, which is at night. Right, uh, there's, right. there's hospitals open, there's doctors open. And this is why we emphasize to our asthma patients, for example, early in the year already, that make sure your asthma is well controlled. Mm. And we always say, an uh, asthma patient who presents with an asthma attack during winter to us means that we haven't done our job properly by adequately preventing it for them. Right, right. So that's one very common thing that we see. Mm. The other is that when it suddenly starts raining, we get what we call the herding effect. Um, people go indoors. Yeah. Schools, instead of kids, um, for example, during the breaks playing outside, they're the right. in classes, they are literally cramped up, especially in the lower socioeconomic schools where they normally are in the class of 42 children for a few hours yeah. at the time, and then they break out. But because of the weather, they stay indoors. So germs circulate more in a confined space more easily, mm. the doors are less open, so there's less circulation of uh, of air there, fresh air. and fresh air, and right. also the stale air getting out, and that's when the um, the flu season, for example, is much much more common. Right. During these uh, types of periods, and at other times, mm. we can actually predict. In fact, Russia, for example, a couple of years ago, when the H1N1, you know, the famous swine flu came out, right, right. The way they counted it was to close schools to prevent that type of um, effect um, during their winter. And we see similar things here. We have one child having a flu in the class. The whole school has it within a day or two right. because they're confined to rooms and the air is not circulated well. Hmm. So that is a common thing that we see. The second uh, thing that we as uh, South Africans and Cape Town love doing hmm. is, it's a beautiful day yesterday, hmm. we'll sit in Love, we see a lot of sunburn during winter. Believe it or not, because it's a lack of warmer winter Sitting outside, hmm. with, and we do see people who haven't been sitting outside for months at the time, suddenly being exposed to sun, and we get a bit of sun irritation coming through during that time. Right, right,
0: right. So, so uh, when you talk about that kind of sunburns, we're not talking about the sunburns where you see the person being a uh, different Dant, color, yeah. a tangle <laughs> no, no, of No, no we, we see skin irritations. Uh, so I mean, they've got flare-ups of eczema, for
1: example, or facial eczema we see now on the it. head. But it's literally because people do not take adequate protection against the sun, and right. they're suddenly exposed to it for a couple of hours mm, because mm. they don't feel the heat as they, much as they would have during uh, right, during right. summer months.
0: Right. Then uh, one other thing that I would like to ask you, Dr. Salim, I do know that you also at times have, uh, you're very busy with children also. Uh, your uh, patients yeah. or your customers bring yeah. in the children, I'm talking little ones, babies, right. etc. Yeah. How does this ha- weather actually affect these
1: little ones? You know, there's two ways of looking at it. Firstly, it's a it's, it's a social structure nowadays where kids are taken literally at half past six because parents have to go to work. Mm. They get taken to creches or they get taken to school. As long as they don't have underlying medical conditions and secondly that they are well, well clothed, they are woken up, they're not half asleep when they're taken out, there shouldn't be major m- medical problems right. if, if yeah. they don't have asthma, for example, and so forth. But if they do have conditions like that, then um, I mean the doctors will normally prepare the parents, right. uh, make sure they take their nasal sprays, make sure they take their inhalers. Mm-hmm. Um, they are more prone to getting infections because of the change of, of weather right. and being exposed to uh, areas where there's a lot more crowding, where the germs are circulating. Right,
0: right, right. Uh, I did say uh, that's the only question I want to ask about uh, kids. But now, while you're talking like that, I'm just thinking of something else like the same. Is it a good thing, uh, and this is normally what one sees, that when the parent gets cold, they tend to make sure that the child is warm? <laughs> yeah. Each person is
1: different. You know, okay. The reality in life is that where I'm walking around with a jacket and a, you know, and a, in a thick woolen uh, jersey, my son is walking around with his T-shirt right, and the right. more I, and and walking barefoot. Yeah, yeah. More, I ask him, "Aren't you getting cold?" "No, I'm not." Right. You know, each one's metabolism is different. Right. Generally speaking, we know that younger kids who are physically active tend yeah. to wear less layers of clothes, and each one knows when they're getting cold. Right. We're not talking about babies and toddlers of one or Mm-mm. two years. Mm-mm. We're talking about the older um, age groups. Normally, they know when they're getting right, cold, right. and they'll ask for a jersey or they put it on themselves. So I'm not too concerned about that. Mm. But the one thing that we must take into consideration is to look at the other um, end of the spectrum, you know, older people. Mm. It's one thing for kids to get flu and they're going to get better because they've got good immune systems. It's completely different for an older person. Mm. For example, someone who's 70 years old, who's got a bit of diabetes, who's got a bit of, Uh, uh, I've had previous TB and there's a slight um, impairment of his lungs. Mm. He gets an infection a bit more insult is delivered to his lungs for example. So there's a deterioration of his functions permanently after that. Not much but permanently. Next year a similar thing might come and he has another attack of an already weakened system whether it's a weakened heart weakened um, um, lung system Mm. or weakened Mm -hmm. kidneys Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. example. And this yearly uh, insults and assaults on his uh, right, the health. attacks on the, on the health Actually, uh, overall decreases his resistance. Okay. And that's why, and I always harp on about it, it's important for our elderly people mm. yearly to take the flu vaccine. Mm. It's still not too late. There's very few of it available. I think only the big pharmacies have. But we're still seeing a lot of flu uh, at the moment, influenza. And the best defense against it is... Yes, a good diet, hmm. yes, a bit of
0: exercise, but the best defense still is a flu vaccine. Right, right. Uh, great concern there, Dr. Salim, what you just mentioned, that when something like that happens to the elderly, uh, after the initial attack, there will be a permanent damage. No matter how slight, but the permanent damage if will it's be underlying there. if it's underlying
1: medical conditions right. such
0: as uh, emphysema we a lot of our people, if we take x rays of
1: our communities, we find that a significant percentage of them had t b when they were younger right uh, we know that over a third of our people over the age of fifty have diabetes hmm. most of them know it, but a lot of them don 't know it. Right. Uh, a lot of them had chest pain at one stage, they felt better, but it was actually what we call a silent heart attack. Mm. I'm not saying everyone had it, sure, but sure. the older you are, the chances are that the, uh, the subsequent attacks of infections is actually uh, um, weakening your system. And just to put it in perspective, so the commonest cause of death in South Africa mm. currently over the last five years has been tuberculosis. Okay. The second commonest is flu. 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 Flu with pneumonia. We, we band it together. Yeah, right. So we basically, with uh, someone has either flu, the cause of death is flu or pneumonia. Yeah. We band it together as a class called influenza and pneumonia. So the common second commonest cause of death in South Africa after TB, and I want to reiterate this, is influenza and pneumonia together. Why emphasize this? It's utterly preventable. Right. No, right. right. And I, I think we as doctors tend to harp on it. But the reality is, if we can get all our people vaccinated, um, we find that uh, you're going to save a significant percentage of people Mm.
0: against dying early. Coming from uh, my guest this evening, Dr. Salim Parker, general practitioner in uh, the northern suburbs. That's right. That's where we find Dr. Salim. I'll give his number now. Uh, Dr., you want to say something there? No, no. no. All right. Uh, We'll give his number after this, but also just listening to Dr. Salim, Ik wonder of ik dokter moet vanaf niet gekregen. This is The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. Night surgery it is. Of course, with my guest, that is none other than Dr. Salim Parker, General Practitioner in the northern suburbs. And if you'd like to see, let's say, in Elsie's River. That's right. That's where you'll find Dr. Salim. And if you'd like to make an appointment to go and see the doctor, the number 021-9311-391. It's 21 9311 Three That's the number of Dr. Sunim Parker's surgery. And that is to make an appointment to go see the respected doctor. Now, doctor, I did uh, invite the listeners to start sending their SMSs. So I'm going to go to our SMS line and start reading bismillah. those SMSs. That's Inshallah. It. Also, I'd like to, just before I bismillah, and shukran for giving me permission to bismillah, doctor. But before I get to it, I'd just like to tell the listeners, no more SMSs. Kanala. Exceed to doctor begin then the SMSs started pouring in so no more SMSs I've got enough to keep doctor here until the time he needs to leave I won't say anything else <laughs> right the very first one there uh, doctor Salim reads as follows and as I said I asked people to give their age gender and uh, weight. Slam, Deysuf uh, I'm 63 year old female weigh 72. Kilograms. Broke my ankle in an L and it's 7 months and it's still and still it's like a pinch. What can I use? and I'm going on Hajj in two weeks. What can I use for the pain, Gnana? So I suppose pins and needles and pains and everything? It? Uh, but she did break her ankle. Yes, it okay. says she uh, broke the ankle in an L. Well,
1: see, Hajj has to come up somehow or the others. <laughs> uh, we thought we were going to avoid uh, wearing any other caps. Okay, uh, general, generally speaking, after breaking any bone, it mm. takes months to heal. All right. You know, we know that it goes into uh, into a caster if it's a lower limb for mm. a couple of... Um, at least a couple of weeks, but sometimes uh, a few months as well. Even after the cast is off, in other words, the bones have uh, healed. Mm. Um, let, let me put it in perspective. If a bone breaks, then you get what we call union. In other words, wherever it was broken, the t- on the two sides, the so one side attaches to the other side. Right. But it's still a bit fragile. We just call that union, but not full healing yet. Right. The pain associated with that can take months to yeah. uh, to disappear, sometimes even years. And there's often a repetition of the pain during wintertime. Okay. A lot of our older people can say, my joints begin to right, And right. it's not often, it's not always arthritis, it's often broken bones that they also refer to. So in a case like this, the pain, uh, she should have it just reassessed by a general practitioner right, again, right, just right. to make sure that it has healed properly. So in other words, not just having union where the joints, uh, where the bone is Attached to where it was broken But also um, That it's actually fully healed Mm. That's the first thing Um, And then get good uh, painkillers And there's a lot of different ones on the market Depending whether she has ulcers in the stomach For example We use a certain class Where it doesn't affect the stomach Mm. Otherwise normal Voltaren and so forth Does work If there's no uh, reason for not using it Right but for travel, I'm going to use that at now. Okay. Um, for travel, she must make sure she has a decent sock, preferably uh, some stockings. Um, when And we want to absolutely prevent swelling of that uh, ankle. Mm. Any broken bone, whenever there's traveling involved or just lots of activity, we find that it swells easily. So we'd advise her to get a aisle seat. Right. Make sure she wears stockings and a good sock wear over the ankle that was broken. And then take a walk every... Two hours at least mm. Preferably every hour Just get up That's why you know, I advise them To get an aisle seat Get up Take a walk Just up and down A few times For uh, for a minute or so mm. and, it, and then repeat it Every hour Every two hours mm. Just mm. That will prevent swelling
0: And that should prevent Pain as well All right Okay, shakran. Uh, uh, inshallah. Inshallah, I mean. Mm-hmm. So I'm doctor, male 45 year old, 70 kilograms, having severe pains in the back. I've been to the day hospital, got painkillers and it does not help. Severe pains in the heels. Please advise. So in the back or the heels? The, well, the, the back of first. the heels. No, the yeah. first person first said pains in the back yeah. and then uh, later on it says severe pains in heels. Okay, it's probably the back of the foot. Okay, we
1: will address uh, two issues here. The one, the easier one is pain in the back, and that is um, anti-inflammatories that we use, um, painkillers such as Voltaren. Mm. if there's no stomach issues. It's the first one. Again, we like to find the cause of it. And we look, the commonest cause in a 45-year-old would be what we call mechanical back pain. It's either muscles that's hurt, or there's uh, the... What we call a slip disc. In other words, between the vertebra and the back, we know, all know that the spine is made up of different bones. Between these bones, nerves come out and there's a disc in between. Mm. And often there's some irritation or just slipping of this disc causing the severe pain. And the best thing for that is good painkillers, some physio and good enough rest. Um, there's other reasons like um, lung infections and so forth But uh, the fact that he's been to the day hospital Sounds like it's a mechanical backache mm. The pain in the heels is what we call plantar fasciitis And it is what we call in- inflammation of the, the tendon you know, there's, a nerve, there's a muscle going down the back of the leg Underneath the heel and it inserts into the heel okay. And this gets inflamed we call it plantar fasciitis And there's good news and bad news mm. Good news is that it goes away after a while The bad news is, is No one can say how long that while is right. It can take up to 6 months can take up to 8 months And often it's frustrating I mean, you, know, you can't really walk properly Because you're getting pain you, mm. you go to sleep and the pain wakes you up And there's not much you can do Mm. except uh, using good painkillers and sometimes putting steroid
0: injections in the heels. Right. But even with that, it takes up to a few months to get better. Alright. So I'm to Yusuf and Doctor. I'm a female, age 59, weighs 60 kilograms. No illness like diabetes, high blood, etc. Don't wear glasses, Alhamdulillah. For about three months now, it feels like sand at the back of both eyes be it in the morning or at night. I do bath it in lukewarm water. That relieves it a bit. Please advise, what can be the cause? Well,
1: the, for someone who's got no underlying medical conditions, mm. um, it must be checked out. Um, normally, if it's one side, it could be just a local irritation, such as a ingrown hair and so forth, uh, just a slight infection. But the fact that it's three months mm. and it's both sides means that there must be an underlying reason. Right, Could be what we call dry eyes um, syndrome. There could be blockages of the uh, of the duct of, of going from the eyes to the nose, for example. Mm. Um, just not enough tears being produced. Uh, that's why we call it dry eyes. There's mm. lots of different reasons for that. This needs to be looked at um, because the duration of three months is a bit unusually long can still be underlying medical conditions, high blood pressure, even medications he's using. um, For example, um, hay fever tablets can cause a bit of dryness of the nose, can cause a bit of dryness of the eyes, and cause irritation, not infections or... uh, or allergies, right. but just irritation, then allergies can develop any time of a person's life. Um, mm. s- at the age of 59 sounds a bit late, but nothing is impossible so that would also be an alternate one. Mm. Mm. Other things um, such as using new hair dye or new shampoos that can cause eye irritations are, are possibilities as well. Right. So it, it needs to have a, have a look at.
0: Okay. So, doctor, I'm a female, weighs, seven, um, weighs ninety-eight kilograms, fifty-two years old. I'm on chronic medicine: Zuvermore twenty milligrams; Atoritik, uh, fifty milligrams; Echotrin, okay. metformin, five hundred milligrams. My problem is my hands is most of the let's just get to, most of the time numb with pins and needles. When this happens, I must uh, let my hands hang to let the blood flow to take the pin pricks away," Advice, Kanala.
1: Quite, uh, you know, it's. It sounds like every time we answer a question, we say go see a doctor. But <laughs> the, the reason why I'm saying that is that there's different reasons for it. There's different possibilities. Hmm. The one, um, it's unlikely to be any of the uh, medications that she's on that's causing a side effect. Uh, the, they are. For example, Zubama might cause cramps in the legs, mm-hmm. but it won't cause pins and needles in the hands, okay. normally speaking. All the other tablets is mentioned and um, are relatively safe. The commonest reason for what she's describing at her age is a pin, it's a nerve irritation in the neck. Now, we must remember the nerves run from the neck down the arms mm. and they can cause this type of pins and needles. It depends if she's smoking also, because smoking makes her more uh, prone to it. Mm. Diabetes also makes her more prone to it, and there's a condition we call carpal tunnel syndrome, which is which is um, pressure on the nerves going to the hand, mm. um, caused by swelling. We find it in diabetics, in smokers, in those with high blood pressure. We also find it in people with thyroid problems, for example. So there's a lot of uh, different reasons. It's going to need an examination of the person to elucidate what exactly the cause is. Mm. But like I mentioned, the commonest cause is uh, uh, irritation of the nerves in the neck and what we call carpal tunnel syndrome, which is pressure of the nerves going to the hands somewhere along the lines as
0: it runs from the neck. To the arms right. and the hand, um, Doug. I'm just uh, wondering, Bob. <coughs> this thing they call calcifying of the the veins and the arteries because of diabetes. Well, that cause something like pins and needles? It can, but it's not so common
1: in the upper arms. It tends to be more the uh, lower lower limbs. Uh, right. For example, the uh, the toes and um, ah. that that's where we find most of the calc- calcification. Right. Um, we do find it in the arms, but. Significantly more in the lower limbs. Right. So yes, possible, but in the case like this, um, not really uh, very likely. Okay. You know, and the what what diabetes does is what we call it's a disease of what we call the small vessels. So it doesn't only cause calcification; it causes blockage of the very small vessels where right. they actually go to the toes, to the to the point of the toes and mm-hmm. causes the, any infection there, it leads to the blood not flowing well, so it doesn't heal well. Right. And that causes infection, what you call gangrene, which is blackening of the toes. And often toes like that have to be actually amputated mm-hmm. because
0: of the uh, disease in the blood vessels. Right, right. Okay. Um, let's go to the next one here. So I'm Dr. Yusuf. I'm a 50 year old female and weighs 85 kilograms. Have cancer, hypertension, High cholesterol, cataracts, and septic arthritis, and I had a mastectomy. The problem now is uh, this feeling in the hand where it pricks like needles and pins. It gets so bad that I can't hold my phone or anything long in my hand, and then the whole arm gets lame and the fingers start to swell. Can doctor tell me what it can be, Canella? Okay. Uh, it depends on the type of cancer Um
1: you know, there's again, lots of different reasons for it mm. the, for example, lung cancer um, there's, there's an entity called Pancoast. Steg I have to go back to my student years uh, now uh, uh. but there's sometimes uh, can, again, I have no idea what can, but I surmise that it is a breast cancer right. um, because, the because of the um, often the, uh, the the lung glands in the Axilla is taken away, you know. The armpit is taken away. It doesn't heal that well, and causes the blood vessels that feed from the heart going to the arm to be either they have pressure put on them or to be slightly constricted. Right. So the blood doesn't flow that well. And I'm assuming the uh, problem is on the same side as a mastectomy to mm-hmm. me now. I mean, I'm just surmising, surmising from that. the right. from what was given to me. And if that's the case it's often pressure on the blood vessels. Mm. And it's 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 made worse in winter. We know that the when the muscles contract a bit in winter there's more pressure because of what we call fibrosis. Fibrosis is just healing in an in an um haphazard way. Mm. You know, if you make a cut you get a scar because the tissues don't heal exactly on the line right. it was cut uh, right. it, it heals a bit across it a bit mm. sideways mm. and so mm. forth and that's why we get scars we call that fibrous tissue and that type of um, tissue causes pressure on the blood vessels that actually come from the heart and feeds the hands right. causes this type of uh, of problems mm. medication can also cause it um, depending on what medication he's on but it's most common uh, I would surmise most commonly the
0: cancer and the effects of the cancer mm. and the mm. surgery that causes the symptoms. This is another question on that, uh, Doc, and uh, what if the person after the mastectomy had maybe things like uh, chemotherapy. chemotherapy, could that also? Radi- chemotherapy not
1: so much, but radiotherapy can, because radiotherapy affects the tissue itself. Right. Chemo is more via the blood, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, Yes, definitely Kia, uh, radiotherapy can cause
0: that type okay, of so physical manifestations. Of the, of the treatment could have also caused Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. We're going to take a quick commercial break when we come back, of course, we're still with Dr. Salim Parker, a general practitioner in the northern suburbs of River to be exact. That's where you find Dr. Salim and tonight he's here with us. But as I also said, no more SMS's. The SMS line is closed for now, I've got what I need to keep the doctor here until that time. Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo Dr. Stalin Parker, my guest here on the night service this evening and uh, the doctor's telephone number is if you'd like to make an appointment. 021-9311-391. 021-9311-391. That's to make an appointment. To go and see Dr. Salim. However, he's in the studio. I'm taking your SMSs, and as I said, no more. I have what I need for this evening. <laughs> so let's get to our next one. Salam, Doctor. My friend gets back pain and head pains. I think the head pains is work related. I'm not a doctor, but according to her complaint, she gave me personally. It's personal. She's in her fifties, okay, uh, what, whatever the person is given was personal, but the person is... 40 years young, I'd like to say, yeah. Uh, so that that's, that's, that's it, that's uh, it. Well, headaches, you know, f- at, at that young
1: age, we it's easy to say it's work-related. I mean tension headaches are very common. They've got a particular characteristic, they tend to be... Know, in the front of the head, going to the back, it feels mm. like someone's put a vice grip on your head and just pressing it right. down. And it tends to get better over weekends when people are not at work because ah. they're relaxing a bit. You know, it's, but it's you don't also want to at that age say, oops, it's tension headaches." Take a few uh, painkillers, mm. like mm. still pain, and it'll go away. If, it, if it's there for a day or two, of course, take some painkillers. If it doesn't go away, it needs to be looked at. And there's other reasons. A mm. common one is blood pressure. If there's right. a history of high blood pressure in the family, it must be looked at. Mm. There's other more sinister reasons. Um, I'm not going to go into all of them, but uh, blood pressure is a very common one. Right. Um, a- any other um, causes of tension, any other disease, any, just having a flu, for example, mm. sinuses is a common cause mm. of headaches. Mm. Um, backache, again, I've mentioned it earlier, uh, the, it's either muscular, it's the mm. spine, uh, most commonly then We use painkillers for that. If if, it doesn't work, it has to be looked at. All right.
0: Uh, I think you spoke about this one, but maybe just uh, very briefly. Is it too late in the year to have the flu vaccine? Absolutely not.
1: Um, the flu vaccine, remember the flu season lasts till about uh, the end of winter, early spring, and we're only in, the, in August now. Mm. Uh, you can still get it into spring. If you're going to be traveling, it's worthwhile taking it. Um, it's never too late for taking the flu vaccine
0: at any time. All right. So I'm Dr. Salim Dhar I'm a female, almost 61 years old, weighs... I think fifty kilograms. I've heard doctor mention uh, the sun causing skin irritation. I think that's what happened to me because I'm not one for the sun. But this is what happened to me. It is my face, and I've never used anything for my face ever. Can doctor advise what I can use? I have tried olive oil and uh, Vaseline or Vaseline. Okay. No, I don't think it's much more to use now. Firstly.
1: The weather's changing. We're going to get rain tomorrow, so there's not going to be a lot of sun exposure. The most important part is to prevent it from happening again, and sunblock is very important. You mm. know, it's and sunblock is something that people must play around with. Right. Certain ones work very well for certain people, so it's always advisable when summer comes is to use a, buy a small bottle of a or get a sample of a particular one. I'm not going to. Uh, give any brand names now. Mm. Try it out for a few times. If it works well, stick to that one. Mm. Um, but at the moment, Vaseline is quite fine. Um, there is uh, what we call very light steroids that can be used. Mm-hmm. Um, burn is. Um, so you can ask at any pharmacy for a very mild steroid that mm. you can apply. Um, and just so obviously avoid sun exposure.
0: All right, uh, Dr. Salim, just listening to what you said earlier, also about uh, when a person is exposed to the sun, and we still spoke about well, you won't get tanned or anything, but uh, we also know that there are times when we talk about sun causing skin cancer. How dangerous is it in a situation like this? Short exposure, not we're uh-huh.
1: looking at years and years of exposure. Ah, okay, you know, and again, we've got to balance. Right. There's this big thing about. Vitamin D deficiency That people don't get enough vitamin D In Mm. their diet and Mm. not enough vitamin D In their bodies In fact if we measure people's vitamin D levels It seems everyone's levels are low And we know that sun exposure Is needed for having Enough vitamin D including your diet Having enough uh, dairy products Cheese and so forth but so it's a, you have to strike a balance. Mm. You know, mm. um, kids need the exposure because they need to grow their bones and strengthen their bones. Right. So we need a bit of sun exposure, but we also need to protect our skins. Right. So it's striking this balance of making sure you have adequate protection against uh, overexposure to the sun and actually being exposed to the sun a bit so mm. that you can have the natural um, uh, products such as vitamin D, Being produced um, because of it, but uh, the sunlight is absolutely required for that.
0: Right, Uh, Doc. I don't know if you got any name or any telephone number ready, but this one says "Salam, seventy year old, looking for someone to trim toenails, please." Okay. The firstly, if a person is diabetic, Hmm.
1: it's a a good idea to at least see a podiatrist. Um, There are a couple around. I know there's uh, one at Gatesville Medical Center. They can just phone and get the number there. Mm -hmm. Um, Or just Google podiatrist in your area. Um, So if someone lives in Claremont, for example, they just Google podiatrist Claremont, and then a number and a couple of names will come out. Mm. Um, If it's, you know, there's also this, what I like fostering in the older people, if they uh, don't have medical issues, is get the family involved. You know, mm-hmm. there's, I don't think there's any greater gift a child or a grandchild can give a person of 70 years old than to visit them every second week or once a month even, trim their toenails. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not talking about diabetics. I want to make it quite clear. Right, diabetics, right. you don't want to c- cut their toenails too short and cause bleeding and mm-hmm. cause infections. We talk of a normal elderly person right. well, without major medical issues. Get the family involved. Alternate. It can be one grandchild this month, another grandchild the next month. You know, it, right. it fosters the relationship, also makes them feel that someone is doing something for them.
0: Right. There you go. We said, I can't have a golden hour this time of the evening, right. on a Monday evening. Eh? Medicine is not just tablets. All okay. right, Coming from the man who said knows it all, but is masked out. I like that. <laughs> Dr. Salim, I know this is now alternative medicine. Uh, so, the person just asking the question. Okay, yay or Nay? Um, how good is Samur? <laughs> as, you know, as scientists, uh, we can
1: only answer a question in the following way. Right. We've got to try out something and with a Samur jamasamur um, or whatever <laughs> the names uh, that are bandied right, about right. we've got to take a substance and not uh, and not label it so mm. we we call co- and then use something called the placebo so we use a hundred patients right. for example, we give fifty of them jasumur we give fifty of them at something that tastes and looks similar, right. And but we know what we gave them. We label it one to hundred, right. and then we know number one is uh, the uh, juxtamour, number six or whatever right. is that. Afterwards, we after completing the trial, so we give it to them for a month, and mm. then after a month, we look at the fifty who had it and the fifty who didn't have it. We mm. got the placebo. In other words, we got basically sugar water, for example. Mm. We see if there's a difference. Exactly. Now those type of studies have not been done. Mm. So on from, on on most of the alternate medicines, right, right. so we cannot say something is good or something is is bad. Um, so, with my short answer is, I can't um, vouch for right. for any of the medicines because we don't have the evidence. Right. And modern medicine is what we call
0: evidence-based medicine. All right, you the go.
1: only thing I can vouch for is Zam Zam. Let's leave it like that.
0: Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Let's go to the lines. Voice yeah. of the Capulet. Eh?
2: alaikum how are you alhamdulillah yourself alhamdulillah dr salim alaikum dr salim I'm, I've got a um, a thyroid hypothyroid and all these years I'm taking my althroxen after breakfast but just now recently the doctor said to me I don't can't have coffee or tea after I'm taking the althroxen uh, but why
0: Wow. Okay, are you going to listen on the on the, on the the radio?
2: Because she said, I can only have coffee or tea two hours after I'm taking my medication, but normally I took it every morning after breakfast.
1: And were your levels ever a problem, or was it always well-controlled?
2: No, it's always under control, yes. But now she said to me last week, I can't have coffee or tea after I'm taking the alcohol often, I must wait two hours, because she said there's a... Coffee and tea got uh,
1: caffeine in. Uh, I don't know why. I must wait two hours to have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Uh, I'm not. Well, I wasn't aware of that uh, big time period. Most of our patients do take it just after breakfast. Um, we don't find a big issue with the. With the there is. Uh, there is some decrease uh, in absorption of the altroxin with certain substances. Um, I wasn't aware it's to that extent, uh, I, I must confess. Um, yes, she just said to me that
2: she was
1: also Dr. Park. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, it, it could be. Two
2: hours there, is the uh, often,
1: um, no, there is often uh, certain interactions, uh, s- and it tends to be significant in certain people and not in others. Um, for example, if I take, uh, uh, l- like you say, altroxin we know that caffeine does affect it. The extent I wasn't aware that, because normally with our patients in our practice, when we take the levels, they tend to be quite fine when they take the althroxen. Um But we normally advise them to take it but after breakfast. I wasn't yeah, aware that I the althroxin do, doesn't. i
2: after breakfast. I can only have
1: a cup of tea or yeah. coffee. Well, I, I must say, I'll have to go read up on the exact effect of it. I know it does affect it, I wasn't aware that it is to that extent. I did say I'm not I'm the not master. She yes,
2: just I'm got master. my results back from my test that I did last month. <laughs> that's why maybe some she saw something on the system that she told mama to wait
1: two hours. I, I, I suppose. Are you going to repeat the test soon?
2: No, I do it every six months.
0: Okay, then it's probably still well controlled. Okay.
2: Okay. Afwani. Mm-hmm. Wa alaykum. Wa,
0: alaykum, wa alaykum. What can I do? I'm uh, 66 year old and suffers from excess gas. Passing winds profusely and it's very frustrating. Any medication you can suggest to help this condition? Excess gas. What to do? Any tablets I can take? Can hear this person is. Okay, I like like
1: answers uh, answer question like this in two parts. One is treating, which is easy. The second part is preventing, which is difficult okay. The easy part is yes You can use antacids You know uh, the trade names of Gaviscon, Medigel Any of those ones They mm-hmm. assist in the passing of winds right. They also neutralize the acid Which is uh, often the cause of it Then there's tablets like Omeprazole Lenamate Any GP Or even over the counter You can buy something like Cimetadine The pharmacist will advise you on that These tablets switch off The production of gas Okay. So that's uh, so that's the treatment part, and that normally prevents the excess uh, pa- passage of uh, of winds. Mm-hmm.
0: Prevention is a different story. So before we get to the prevention, so there are medication available to stop it. There are medications, right. like I said,
1: it's mostly gas related. Ah. So we try to either neutralize the gas, with right. using the antacids, or stop it, or stop the production of gas. All ah, right of acid uh, right? I like that, I that stop the production of okay. gas okay. no gas okay. of acid ok <laughs> ok
0: All right. and the,
1: and the, the second part is to prevent prevention it. you know it's one thing I, I like using the phrase of I don't like um, if a tap is leaking I don't want to give you a mop where you're going to be mopping for the rest of your life let's sort out the tap let's fix the tap and often it's diet related it's often the uh, the foodstuff that stimulates acid production, mm-hmm. so we're looking at your curries, we're looking at your uh, uh, gas drinks, we're looking at tomato foods, smoking aggravates it as well, so those are the things that people should look at mm-hmm. to prevent it from, uh, you know, from, uh, from uh, acid to be produced and then prevent the problem from right. occurring
0: Alright, okay uh, Shukran De, Dr. Salim, and then uh, this one, which is our last SMS Timing is good, I must say. Shukran to the listeners. Salaam, Doctor. I'm a female, age 54, weighs 90 kilograms. I use half in the morning and half at night. Myelin Capturol, 25 grams. Feel dizzy in the morning as well in the day. I wear glasses. And uh, can Doctor give advice, Kanala? Is it Capturol or kept? Uh It's Capturol, but yeah. it says Myelin captoprol. Captoprol. Yeah, <laughs> Capturol is... a. Excellent
1: product, but there's, there are better products nowadays. It is one of the older products that came out. Mm. Um, still very useful, but there are products. Uh, the problem with it is you need to use it twice a day. It's got more side effects than the newer products. And what I would advise is to speak to a doctor to actually get one of the newer products that is slower acting, but lasts longer. So you only use it once a day. Um, like, for example, Lysinoprol. Like it's a much slower onset. It, uh, you use very low doses initially, and you mm. can always up the dose afterwards. Uh, it also lasts the whole day, so you don't have to take it twice a day. All right. um, so, yes, capital Good product, but there are better ones on the market at the moment. No, yeah, I right.
0: uh, did say that's the last one, but the last one slipped through the <laughs> back door. You <laughs> won't no, believe no. it. This one came through as we were <laughs> speaking, and it says, "Salam, Doctor Embita Yusuf, got a lot of lower back pain, hands that swollen, right hand stays dry, and urine sometimes smells. Sometimes it's,
1: it's quite strange. Normally, it smells persistently, and not uh. Uh, sometimes." Um or oh, the age of Yusuf, I didn't get that. Um the age, at the C um no, no age. Okay. Th- because it'll it'll be different reasons at the different age groups. The lower back pain with swelling, um you know, we're looking at kidney problems, we uh or, or retention, especially if, if the uh, if the urine is smelling. Mm. So couple of things that need to be looked at. The one is the blood pressure. The urine needs to be tested. It's a very easy test. We put a stick in there and it tells us nine different things. Right. It tells us whether there's infection, whether there's glucose or that's sugar, whether there's protein, mm. whether there's blood in there. So it's an easy test that tells us a lot of things. Mm. That's that. So the primary thing to do would be to have the urine tested, to have the blood pressure checked, um, Find out exactly um, where the pain is situated mm. and again, the further advice would be dependent on age. If it's an older person um, with with diabetes for example, we'd look at different uh, inve- further investigations if necessary. Right. Um, but again, it's bro- it's a broad question with a broad answer, but normally it tends to be a urine problem or kidney problem, easily uh, detected by doing a dipstick.
0: Right. I get to see. <laughs> No <laughs> problem. Yeah, the so computer an yeah, yes. <laughs> So I'm the user, Dr. Parker. I have hypothyroid. That's hypo. Po, okay. hypothyroid That's too low. That's low. Yeah. Yeah. High cholesterol, hypertension, and carpal tunnel arthritis. I'm on medication for all of the above. Uh, I just want to know why does the cholesterol tablet make me sleepy? Okay, it doesn't. Uh, well, I, I actually don't know. It's not supposed to make people
1: sleepy, but we normally advise people to take it at night. Mm-hmm. Reason is that often there's a bit of um, muscle irritation, so when you're sleeping, you don't feel it that you uh, know that much. Right. Secondly, most of the other tablets are taken during the day, so you don't. Uh, you also know, you take the, this one at night, so there's um, little no uh, interactions. Mm-hmm. As a rule, it doesn't make people sleepy. It's not one of the known uh, major effects of, of the uh, tablets. Good. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum <laughs> wa <laughs> rahmatullahi wa <barakatuh>. yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, that... <laughs> shukran for the... Inter- afwan, afwan. And uh, shukran very much for you also, Dr. Salim, for being here. Uh, yeah. Was indeed... Once again, the privilege to work with you. And as you can see with the SMS is coming through, people really uh, appreciate you being here no, It seen was me. an absolute pleasure as usual. Alhamdulillah. So, shukran. shukran very much. All the very best. And hope to have you back here in next the week your, Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Uh, next week Wednesday, be, oh, Wednesday, oh, Next Wednesday. Week. Inshallah. Yes, that will be when we talk Hajj. Because That's you right. are also, what is that other cap that you've got about traveling and what's what oh, I'm, I'm
1: the president of the South African Society of Travel Medicine.
0: There we go. So those medicines that travel. <laughs> That's one way of looking the, at it. <laughs> this is the, the president of it. All right. Kay. Okay, seriously now, so uh, when we talk hunch matters, you will be the person who will be talking to us about the medical side In of things. Inshallah. Okay. I'm going to love and leave you. And I shall love and leave you Inch as well. Inshallah. Shukran. Halfway. And you might
1: carry on with the WhatsApp and Facebook. All
0: Inchallah. right. Shukran okay. very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, Dr. Salim Park. And let me just give you the number once again. 21 9311 that's 021-9311-391. That's the number to make an appointment to go and uh, see Dr. Salim in his capacity as the medical doctor sir, and, of course, practicing in Elsie's River. So, with that, sugar on very much. I uh, hope to see Dr. Salim back here, as he said, in a week's time when we talk crunch uh, matters. But for now, time for us to get ready for the news. After the news, of course, we'll have some other programs.